Thank you for joining Radio Maria England. We now present Feasts and Seasons, presented by Joanna Bogle. Hello, I'm Auntie Joanna, Joanna Bogle, and I'm talking on Radio Maria Feasts and Seasons. Now, first of all, because we're in March now with lots of good things to talk about, I want to send a few greetings. First of all, to Peter. Hi, Peter. Thanks for the email and the extra information about Wales. Don't be despondent. I said in my recording, yay, yes. And the, the faith is now thriving in Wales after telling the story about St. David. And you said, oh, but it isn't. The, you know, churches are closing and so on. Yes, we know about that. One of the sad things when you visit Wales is those lovely little old chapels, that rich heritage of nonconformist Christianity that did teach the gospel, not among Catholics in a Catholic way, but it, it taught the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's something sad about that rich heritage disappearing. Yes, things have moved on and the world is not the same as when those little chapels were built, often with the pennies of the poor. And that great chapel tradition of Wales is dying, and there's something sad about that. Catholic churches, too, are being closed. We all know that fewer and fewer people go to church, yes. But the church is still there in Wales. It hasn't gone away. Intercede for us, O St David. Help us to rebuild, and we will. I gave out the prizes not very long ago at a small Catholic school in Wales. It was quite funny. I greeted them with Barada in Welsh, and that was about the extent of my Welsh. And the children, well, they were a mixture. Irish, West Indian, Polish, I think very few native Welsh children, and yet there they, there they were. Learning the Lord's Prayer, they were winning prizes for having written it out in beautiful calligraphy and decorating it and so on. That's why I was there, to give them their prizes. Praying it in Welsh, very moving to hear their voices. And yes, at a Catholic school in Wales. I know things aren't good, but Peter, it's all right. St David planted the faith in Wales, and we must keep renewing it in each generation. And it's a big challenge now. And now another greeting to Monica, who told me about daffodils. In my talk about St David, to launch off March, I talked about lots of things that are associated with him, but I didn't know, stupidly, it hadn't even occurred to me. The most important thing of all. Daffodils, they are named after St. Daffod, St. David. Those bright yellow flowers that tell you that spring is on its way. We all know about Wordsworth and the poem, we all know about daffodils, we all know about them at Easter, the colour of the resurrection, but I hadn't known that of course they are linked with St. David. So here we are, filling in the gaps, and that's what Radio Maria is all about. So listen to everyone. When you write to me, I do respond, and I'll probably respond on air to say hi. So hi to Peter and hi to Monica. And let's look ahead beyond St. David, who launched Wales for us, to the rest of Lent and the rest of March. The right thing to say is, oh, I love Lent, such a lovely time for spiritual renewal. But we all know that we often find it rather dreary, all those days without chocolate or wine, or snacks between meals, or whatever it is. 
So there's no point in pretending that we will all find it an exceptionally enriching time. But it certainly can be. And even the thought, I should be doing something, nags at us. For me, the problem is, I don't want to reach the Easter vigil, which I always love so much, the candles and the renewal of baptismal promises and the sprinkling with water and everything, and find myself thinking, oh, I wish I'd made a better Lent. So it's that, in a funny way, that makes me want to observe Lent properly. But it's also true that it helps if we have a sort of map. And when we look ahead, we can see the map. The fourth Sunday of Lent is Let Up Sunday, which comes from the Latin word letare, for the Latin word for rejoicing, giving us that old-fashioned but pretty girl's name, Letitia, joy. Rejoice, Jerusalem! Rejoice, says the opening prayer, the introit for the Mass of that day. Rejoice, Jerusalem! And it's all about Jerusalem as the mother of us all. It's Mothering Sunday in our tradition in Britain. These days we tend to call it Mother's Day. And that's all right, but the old name is Mothering Sunday. And the American invention of Mother's Day is in May. A woman called Anna Jarvis decided there should be a day for mothers, and she chose the day of her own dear mother's birthday. And that's nice, but our tradition is older. Mothering Sunday, Let Up Sunday, Letare Sunday, is mid-Lent Sunday, when you can legitimately take a let up, a break, from your Lenten penance. And it marks the halfway point. Rejoice, why? Well, because we're looking ahead to Easter, to the great joy of the resurrection. Apparently one tradition for mid-Lent Sunday is something that involves lots of eggs and milk, because long ago, people gave up all dairy products during Lent. So you had a big cheesecake made with eggs and milk. So that's one idea for Leitare Sunday. The other, better known, is simnel cake. Simnel. It comes from the Latin word similia, meaning very, very tiny grains. The modern Italian semolina is the same word. It's made of tiny, tiny grains of pasta. Similia grains, lots of small things clustered together, seeds. Well, it goes back to the ancient pagan idea of fertility at this time of year. The pagans, the pagan Romans, and we were part of the Roman Empire here in Britannia, in Britain, baked simnel cakes made with similia, this fine ground flour, these little things clustered together. And that gives us simnel cake. Simnel cake today is made of finely ground, tiny little things clustered together, almonds, marzipan as we call it, marchpane, the old English word. So marzipan, finely ground almonds, is used as the fundamental ingredient that makes simnel cake different from other cakes. You bake it in two halves. You make a fruit cake, currants, raisins, not a great thick, dark fruit cake like Christmas, but um, a good fruit cake with raisins, currants and spices in it. And you put half in the baking tray and then you roll out marzipan and put a layer of marzipan in, cut to shape the cake, and then put in the next mixture and then bake it. 
Of course, what happens is the marzipan sort of melts into the cake and very good it is. And then when you take it out of the oven, you put another layer of marzipan on top, held in place by some warmed jam. Apricot is the usual, but actually I'm not fussy. I use whatever is at hand. In our case, usually blackberry and apple. And you roll out more marzipan for the top, cut to shape. And then you put 11 round egg-shaped balls on it. That's the 11 minus the traitor Judas. And you can, I usually do, cut out letters to form the word simnel, S-I-M-N-E-L, and put that in. You can then finish it if you brown it under the grill. Go carefully, but it will make the marzipan eggs sort of brown and speckled. Don't let it stay for a moment too long or of course it will burn. Simnel cake is the traditional dish for a daughter to make her mother on Mothering Sunday. And for many years, I had great joy in making two, one for my dear mother and one for my dear mother-in-law. Both have now gone to their reward. But these are happy memories for Mothering Sunday. Now, you see, the pagan idea of motherhood was, was really rather crude. It was about fertility. The rabbits are having baby rabbits at this time of year. The birds are laying their eggs. We all understand motherhood is there. And there was a Thanksgiving for motherhood. But Christianity transformed motherhood into a spiritual vocation. It isn't just mother nature and reproduction. A mother, in our Christian understanding, has a spiritual role to teach her children to nurture their faith. Most of us, if we are fortunate, learned our first prayers in a woman's voice, a mother's voice, teaching us our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. For a mother, the bond with her child should be spiritual, having the child baptised and, together with the father, forming a Christian home together. A father's job is absolutely vital, and we'll be finding out more about that when we hit St Joseph's feast day later on. A mother's role is also sacred. And the most central image of Christianity, apart from our lovely saviour, beloved saviour on the cross, is that of a mother and child, the Christ child, almighty God, the second person of the Trinity, as a helpless baby on his mother's lap. Motherhood for Christians is sacred. We take Mary as our role model, we understand that Almighty God himself, in a mysterious way, learned from his mother's voice the prayers and the psalms that were his heritage. What a mystery to think of that. Mary praying the psalms with him, but knowing that this divine child already knew. A mystery. Well, in a more prosaic way, Mothers, even now, when they teach their children about God, sort of know in a mysterious way that a child understands there is a God who made all things. Usually children have an instinctive understanding that he is there, and it tends to be later on that they can be chivied, bullied, or left in ignorance, so that faith can go. But initially there will be a response of faith. Yes, yes, that makes sense. So when mothers teach their children, they teach with faith and with a sort of naturalness. Of course, we can sentimentalise this. It's often difficult for mothers to teach their children the faith, and especially today, 
the lure of the computer screen and all that, and the um, romanticised idea of a family gathered round the hearthside all saying the rosary. Well, it's not as simple as that. And there will be mothers who do not know the faith and cannot teach it. And it's a job for mothers and fathers to do together. And just because I'm talking about mothers now doesn't mean I'm leaving out fathers. They will have their day, as I say, when we come to St. Joseph. But it is important that we understand that Mother's Day is not just, oh, isn't it nice when ladies have babies and isn't it sweet or better remember mum. There is also a respect for the sacred role of a mother. She gave birth to us and she should really also be the one who teaches us the faith. These days, there are many young women who are raising a family and they really don't have the Catholic faith and they cannot share what they do not have. Pray for them. Pray for today's young mums and pray for all who pass on the faith to children in a motherly way. Good teachers, catechists, parish priests, everyone. So Mothering Sunday is Mid-Lent Sunday. Enjoy Simnel cake, enjoy a cheesecake. Oh, and another dish is egg custard. I learned that in a casual conversation on a train when I was putting together information about the church's year. Egg custard, she said. Always had that on the fourth Sunday of Lent. Egg custard took a break from Lent. No, she wasn't a Catholic. Just an older lady with a country memory of something in English tradition. And then we pursue Lent. We keep going with our fasting and our penance and our trying to do the right thing in Lent. And on the horizon, we can see the drama of Palm Sunday, Holy Week, Good Friday and Easter. Mid-Lent Sunday and the feast days in Lent help to sort of set the road map, as the current trendy expression is, that leads us to our glory at Easter when that fullness of our redemption is revealed to us. But it's going to be tough. First, we have Spy Wednesday, Holy Thursday, Maundy Thursday, and Good Friday. Keep going. More next time. You're listening to Auntie Joanna, Joanna Bogle on Feasts and Seasons. Send us any of your stories. Tell us how you celebrate the feasts and seasons of the church's year. Any family traditions? What do you do, make, eat and sing for the different feasts of the year? What will you be doing for the feasts that are coming up? Send us your stories at info at radiomariaengland.uk.